Hello, my name is Carl Polchuk, and I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the uh, kickoff show for the U.S.-U.K. version of Free Day Friday. I uh, I have a cool new tool here, so I'm going to be I'm going to be using my new uh, teleseminar tool, which allows me to do things like tell bad jokes. And uh, if I tell a bad joke, then I get to do this. So I got the automatic uh, rim shot. Uh, built in there. If you are listening uh, by webcast, uh, just know that you can at any time, uh, you know, go ahead and use the tool to ask some questions. It's a little bit uh, confusing on my side to see all the questions because there's both a question and a chat area. So uh, I'm going to try to, uh, you know, participate in both of those. I'm just learning the tool, so your patience is greatly appreciated. Uh, my name is Carl Polichuk, so if you are not currently connected to me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, I would be very grateful if you would do so. Uh, as always, I'm looking for something new and fun to do, and um, so this this idea popped into my head, and I decided, you know what, I should just go ahead and do it. And um, uh, the idea is that um, I, I'm trying to give some advice to the folks who are out there. I get all kinds of questions. I literally can't answer all of my emails. Um, and so sometimes I, I just tell people, you know, I'm going to answer this on the blog because it's much more fruitful for me to give, uh, you know, the advice from one to many instead of one to one. Uh, I have had people ask me about coaching, and I'm very honored when people do that, but I um, uh, I don't always, I don't, I don't really have a program, you know, I don't have a thing that says first you should do this and second you should do that and so forth. So I don't, I don't really have a coaching program. I will, I will sell coaching time, but at $250 an hour, there's a lot of people who can't afford that. So my intention with Free Day Fridays is to give that advice in a small quantity you know, we're going to be here for about 50 minutes or an hour at the most. Uh, give it for free, and, you know, if people are too busy to attend, they miss out. And I'm sorry about that. That's the way life is sometimes. And um, if you are interested in um, posting a question, you can always send an email to me at carlp, K-A-R-L-P, at greatlittlebook.com, and uh, we'll gather up questions for next time and you know, we will pick uh, a good question to start out with, and then uh, we'll go to questions from people live who are listening to the show. Um, so th today, a handful of people will get some focused attention on the issues in their business. Everyone else on the call gets to uh, listen in on that conversation. And uh, since many of us face the same challenges, I hope that the program will be useful to everybody. Um, we start with a question that was emailed to me. After that, we'll, we'll take uh, audience questions. And, um, you know, if you are on the phone, uh, we'll, we're kind of free-flowing, so I might I might actually unmute somebody if they raise their hand and they're on the phone. Um, again, we're all trying to learn this new tool, so I understand that. So just a few announcements before we jump into it. Oh, and if you do send me a question, please put Free Day Friday in the subject line so that I can I can separate those out. So two announcements. First one is I'm having a, a big conference uh, June 26th, 27th, 28th 
It's online. It's called the SMB Online Conference, and um, there are some, uh, you know, good prices right now. We have the early bird thing going on, and um, we have – it will be three days of online conferences, and we have 18 speakers lined up, and um, – all the information for that is at smbonlineconference.com. So it's very reasonably priced, and you, there's no travel, there's no hotel, there's no expensive food at the, you know on the road. You don't have to to go through some connecting city. You you just listen to it at your leisure, participate as you see fit. Uh, anyway, that's at smbonlineconference.com. Second, um, if you would like to have free access to the audio portion of that SMB online conference, free access can be gained for anybody who is a member of Cloud Services Roundtable. So if you're a member of Cloud Services Roundtable, um, go to cloudservicesroundtable.com, click on that top link there where it says um, members attend free, uh, and follow the instructions there, and you can get registered. And uh, we have a number of people registered for that already. Cloud Services Roundtable is only $9.95 a month, so um, you, you come out ahead right away. Uh, third announcement is that Jeff Middleton is holding a conference in June in New Orleans. So I will be there. I'm going to be on a panel and maybe speaking. I don't know what I'm doing, but I've, I've agreed that I'm going to help him out with the conference. And I love that conference every year, and I love going to New Orleans. Uh, well, it's not every year, but every other year more or less. And um, so I'd love to have you join me in New Orleans. It's a great, great time, and that's in early June. So uh, I guess, again, I just asked you to be patient during this call, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But now let's jump into it. Uh, first question was emailed to me by my friend Jules, and he says, as a one tech business, how can I deal with my client's criticism about my timekeeping? Some of them call it Jules time. Obviously, I have plans to work on X, Y, and Z in a day, but my best laid plans seem to get blown up all the time. Clients forgetting to tell me things. Clients have ex unexpected problems uh, having to get things sorted out. Obviously, this has a knock-on effect on, to my schedule, and as a result, meetings or uh, site visits, I can aim for a time but frequently miss it. The clients moan, but at the same time, they know that if their server is down or something something business critical occurs, I am on the problem immediately and then call to arrange, rearrange from there or advise them. But sometimes they ask for an ETA, but with the best will in the world, the best I can give them is a guesstimate and let them know when I walk out the door. I guess I know the answer is, say, a second tech, but finances just aren't there. It's killing me sometimes mentally as well as physically, but I just don't know what I can do about it. Shit happens. So what can you do? <clears throat> it's particularly embarrassing for sales meetings as it gives the clients not a huge amount of confidence in spite of the referral from the person who put me in there. And also, I miss out on a lot of events like Microsoft partner events, vendor events, etc. as a result. Well, uh, first of all, Jules, I want to Thank you for your honesty in this. I know it's um, this is actually a pretty difficult question for a lot of people, um, you know. And there's all, several pieces to it. The hardest part is, you know, I, I guess there's some there's some tough love which you knew was coming, but you can't fire me because you're not paying for this. So um, obviously, part of this is is personal habits, but you also need to, to put some structures in place. 
the first thing I would do, because I emailed you and I asked you what you charge. You charge uh, 50 pounds per hour, and um, I just think that that rate is too low. And I know it's very scary to think about raising your rates when the economy is bad and, um, you know, you're having a, a tough you know, time with finances already, you mentioned. So um, as odd as it sounds, raising your rates will raise your stature with your clients. And um, there's just a, there's a couple of key tips I want to give you about, about habits, but um, I, I would literally start by raising your rates. Look at what, when you, you go into the big box stores and they have a little card there that says, hey, we fix up PCs, you know, uh, seems like all the stores now offer tech support. Go get their little brochure and find out how much they're charging. And I think you'll see that every single one of them is at least um, twice your rate. So you don't necessarily have to double your rate, but but um, I would certainly increase it. And um, and you know the clients are going to say, well, you know, he's worth more now, so I'm going to I'm going to be a little more respectful of his time and so forth. Um, when when people are not paid very much, they are not given very much value by other people. And um, sad but true, I, I just think that that's the truth of the world. Um, and uh, the second thing I would do is I would look at your tools. Now, uh, if you can't buy these tools right away, you should at least adopt the practices. Uh, and there's two sets of tools, and I know you know this, but the first one is a PSA system, so like an Autotask or a ConnectWise. What, that, what, a, what a PSA system will do for you, for your business, is, you know, you've got all these clients who forget to tell you things. Well, if every single thing is in the system, I mean, basically, one of the rules we have in our company is all work is done off of a service request. And that means there has to be a service request. The service request in a PSA system is like a bucket into which clients can put money. If you don't have a bucket, then uh, there's no way for you to keep track of time and there's no way for the client to keep track of how much money they're spending. Um, and there's no way for you to collect the money. So there needs to be a ticketing system so that basically, uh, and again, it doesn't have to be Autotask or ConnectWise. You can use an Excel spreadsheet. You can do anything, but you have to have some system for keeping track of every single item that has to be done. You could use tasks in Outlook if you're a very, very patient person. But, um, you know, whatever it takes, you need to have a way to keep track of every single thing that needs to be done in your business. And that way, if you've got a complete list, then you can prioritize them. And then you can always do the most important thing first. Clients are far more forgiving about the little crap, like, oh, yeah, you were going to come and help me adjust the colors on my monitor. Okay, that's that's a much lower priority than there's smoke coming out of the back of the server. So um, if you have a list of all the items, you can then prioritize them, and you can work from highest to lowest priority, from oldest to newest. So the, the key things that you get there are every item has to have a time-date stamp, and it has to have a priority. Um, beyond that, a PSA system will allow you to be very rigorous about tracking your own personal time. So... Um, you should track your time. And I know this is really, really hard, especially for one-person shops. The owner just, you know, never has time to keep track of their own time. But you should track your time 
from whatever, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday through Friday, um, and know how much time you're spending on clients and this and that. Um, you may have clients where you're actually losing money. There's a combination of how much time you spend, what you bill them, and um, your uh, rate. So um, you, you, when you once you start to keep track of that, it becomes much easier to justify to yourself that, hey, you know, this client is taking too much time. Maybe I need to either raise their rate or get rid of them and get another client, something like that. So, uh, you know, you can't you can't even think about hiring another person until you have a way to keep track of their time. So you build that habit by starting to keep track of your own time. The other tool that you need is a, an RMM system, a remote management and monitoring system. And that would be, you know, something along the lines of Zenith Infotech or Zenith RMM, I guess, uh, or level platforms. Okay, a tool like that, if you don't have it in place, holy smokes, I know it costs a little bit, but you got to find a program where they can get you started on a managed service model so you only buy uh, what you need and you only pay for uh, what you're using. Um, and, and what happens with the RMM tool is that um, you, you put the agent on somebody's machine, all of the patches, fixes, and updates happen automatically, and a lot of what I get out of your email is that you're spending time in the car or, uh, you know, on the train or whatever. You're going from client to client to client, and um, that may not be necessary, right? If you can remote in and fix most problems uh, or keep machines totally patched, fixed, and updated, you can avoid having some problems. So... The RMM tool can allow you to spend whole days. I mean, you can literally start by saying, on Mondays, I stay at the office. So unless there's a crisis, I'm going to be in the office. And um, and that goes a long ways because it allows you to say, all right, so on Monday, I'm going to sit in the office. I'm going to sit at my desk. I'm going to remote into other people's desks. And I'm just going to knock out problems at one after the other. Boom, 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 boom. Um, and uh, so that's a, that's a huge thing. So if you don't have an RMM system, you should look at that. And many of them have, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't personally invest in one where they say, oh, you need 1,000 licenses or 10,000 licenses. I think you need to be able to uh, pay for what you need. Um, if you need to, there are some remote tools. I mean, there's some uh, free tools for remote access. Um, but, you know, you just got to figure out the licensing and what's what's legal and what's allowed. Um, so if you can't buy those things right now, but you can still, if you've got clients with small business server, you can remote into their machines uh, and you can take control of them that way. Um, you know, you can still, you know, we, we, we built our system on small business server 2003 and the, uh, um, you know, our original managed service plan and included me just remoting into clients' machines using SPS. So, uh, you can do that as well, um, and that's that's huge. Um, the combination of these tools also allows you to look at your priorities and tell clients, look, my response time, right, you got to set their expectation. My response time for an emergency is I will be there right away. Um, things that are like middle of the road, you know, a priority three, uh, I understand it's important, um, but basically it's what we call scheduled work. Right? 
A priority one is a, is literally a fire. It sets itself. There you, a, a person doesn't set a priority one. Priority two is urgent. So exchange is down or something like that. Uh, or some, some problem affects uh, a, a number of users. Um, and uh, a priority three is scheduled. So for us, that means, you know what, we're going we're gonna to get to this within 72 hours. So within three days, we will be, you know, we'll have knocked out this problem. Um, and that way, you don't have the case where everything is priority one, everything is a crisis, and you're in a firefighter mode. Um, another tip that we discovered is we, we really don't like to make hard, fast appointments if we can avoid it. Um, we do monthly maintenances for our clients, and so what we used to do is we used to schedule them at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon, uh, and then at 1 and 3 in the afternoon. And um, invariably, somebody would be two minutes late, and the client would call us. And, you know, before that, they never called us. Now suddenly they call and go, it's 8.05 and Dan's not here. Well, okay, give him a minute, right? He's driving across town. It's 30 miles. Um, so uh, what we moved to is now our appointments are we're going to do maintenance, and it will be on Tuesday and we're going to get there in the morning. So now we have a four-hour window, and the clients are not sitting there with a hard appointment saying, you know, man, he said he was going to be here at 8 or 9 or 10. Um, he expects us in the morning, and, and that's pretty much it. So um, that's what we do. The, um, the, the ability to get your clients used to not having hard appointments might take a little bit of work, and that's uh, that's something that you also have to address. But uh, it's worth doing, um, and and you need to address the fact that you have created a firefighter mentality, right? You have created a system in which you're the hero who rushes in and squashes down problems, and and that's all cool. Um, but now you have to create a system that is going to help you go to the next level and be more successful, and. Uh, and that's a system where you don't get to be the firefighter anymore. Um, and um, so that's, you know, that's something that you need to think about. Um, overall, one of the philosophies that uh, will make you successful and, and addresses many of the pieces of this is uh, slow down and get more done. And that means stop rushing around. Um, you know, sometimes you call tech support for various companies and you'll see that, um, you know, you think it's urgent, and they're like, okay, well, let me write this down, and let me make sure I understand the problem completely, and let me define what success is. So if I am able to get your exchange back up, then we have agreed that that, that will be the end of this call, and you say yes. Okay. So now you have a somebody who has slowed you down, and they're very, very clear on what needs to be done. Um, so uh, that's a way that that you can adopt to run your business as well, and it can be it can bring you a great deal of success. But it means that you can't be in the firefighting mode. You know, you can't be running around uh, all the time. Um, so, um, all right. So that's that. Uh, and if uh, so, if anybody. Has any uh, follow-up questions, or uh, if you have uh, other questions, um, either raise your hand online, type it into the question and answer period uh, section, um, 
I haven't been able to get the chat going on my side, but the question and answer part is working. So um, on the question side, my very good friend Ken from Oregon, uh, he didn't remind me, but, but the fact that he is online and, uh, and I talked to him, chatted with him a little bit yesterday, reminds me that we are also doing an event in Portland on April 14th, and um, I'm going to be uh, doing a blog post about that later today. So we're going to we're going to put a lot of uh, effort out for that. It's going to be a really great event, and um, it will be on um, on making money in the small business cloud. And that's April 14th in Portland, Oregon. So anyway, um, so Ken uh, has a couple of questions. I'm going to assume the first question is the most important. So uh, hire employees to attempt. Uh, through an employment or temp agency or directly? Uh, that is actually an interesting question. Um, let me just tell you, <laughs> I guess, some of my experiences, uh, not all of which are necessarily positive. Um, we, for a while, uh, were really looking for the absolute best tech we could possibly find. And... Um, so we went through a period where we decided, you know what, it's it's worth having somebody else do all the screening and get somebody who, you know, is just rock solid, uh, you know, a rock star who uh, has proven himself uh, by consulting with many other companies and so forth and so on. So uh, they have a thing called temp to hire, where you hire somebody as a temp. And as a temp, let's say that they're earning $25 an hour, so it might cost you $50 an hour or $60 an hour. So it's a little pricey, and um, our experience was with an agency that um, I will never do business with again, but they told us, um, if you have somebody in their attempt for you for 90 days, that they will waive the, the hiring fee, because the hiring fee is that you've got to pay a percentage of the person's annual salary. But if the temp agency has made enough money off you, because you, know, you basically hire somebody 40 hours a week, uh, for three months, they said, you know, we've earned enough money, we don't need that other money. And so I said, well, that sounds like a great idea. So we basically used the temp agency to be able to hire somebody. And then once we decided, okay, 90 days is up, it's like a probation period, okay, um, it looks like he's going to work out and, and uh, we're going to bring him on board. So um, we did that and we went to the temp agency and they said, oh, yeah, so, um, yeah, you got to pay us $7,000 that you want to hire him. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, our deal was that you were going to waive that because, you know, I'd, I'd been paying you fees for three months. And they said, oh, yeah, we don't have any record that anybody ever told you that. And the person who told you that doesn't work here anymore, and there's nothing I can do about it. Have a nice day, and, you know, because basically they're paid salespeople. So, um they would not give up their commission. Um, we did, because we'd invested so much in that person, we did pay $7,000 to hire that person. Um, and then we said we are never going to use that temp agency again. Now, there may be more scrupulous temp agencies, but um, that was our experience with that. Um, I kind of like the idea that, especially you know, in the days of lawsuits and whatever, with a temp agency, you can hire somebody, and if they don't work out, you just tell them to go away, and the next day you get somebody else. Um, uh, and you can you can hold them to a very high standard. You can say, you know, I need somebody who 
is more than merely certified, but somebody who's actually got, uh, you know, the, the a record, a performance record, and is able to, um, uh, you know, to demonstrate that they actually know how to use Exchange. They know something about small business server and so forth. Um, in terms of uh, hiring people temporarily, uh, I do have to say that that um, with direct hires, you have to put out a lot of effort, and people often misunderstand how much effort you have to put out to get the right person and to make sure that you have made very good decisions. Um, and, you know, here and there on my blog, I have mentioned um, the, um, um, you know, process that we have for hiring. And, um, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily perfect, but we have hired some very excellent people. Um, and basically, when we follow the process, we get good people. And when we don't follow the process, we don't get good people. Uh, and, and not following the process usually means that Carl went around the process and uh, said, oh, man, I just, you know, I'm just going to hire this guy. And then they turn out to be, you know, a really uh, bad decision. So we've had that. Uh, what we're currently doing as, you know, we're sort of making our way through this economy, we we had to learn the very hard lesson of how you lay people off and how you, uh, you know, you can't pay hourly wages to people um, when you don't have the money coming in. So we have learned to, to scale back, and the, this recession has taught us that, uh, we hire people as part-time workers, and um, you know, like right now, we got a guy that you know I, I would love to give him more work, but basically he shows up at uh, nine and he leaves at four. And um, you know, when we need him there at eight, he's there at eight, and when we need him to stay till five, he stays till five. Um, but uh, we we've, we've got a certain amount of work that we have available, and. So we strictly pay him by the hour for the number of hours, and he, you know, he gets his schedule. It's fairly set. You know, he doesn't have surprises every day. It's, you know, it's not like that. But um, every once in a while, we'll be like, hey, you know what? There's nothing on the service board. <laughs> we got no tickets in the system, or or Mike can handle all the tickets that are in the system. So uh, we send him home, um, and that has turned out to be a very efficient way of running our business. And I know it's it's harder on him, but, you know, to be honest, we're giving him some money. We're paying him a decent wage. Um, but, uh, you know, we can't pay out too much or we go out of business. Uh, so it's, it is an efficient way to, to hire somebody and, um, and spend money you need to spend but not overspend. Um, so there's that. Let me know if you have any, any follow-up questions to that. Um, second question was, uh, where is the best place to advertise job openings? And man, we have gone around and around on this. Um, the, uh, you know, there are some places like Monster that they're fine, but the I don't like I don't like the way that resumes come in when I put them on Monster. First of all. It costs something in the neighborhood of, you know, whatever, $250, uh, up to $1,000, depending on the service. You know, there's Career Builder, there's Monster, uh, there's other places. Um, what we have settled on, believe it or not, in our area, is uh, Craigslist. It costs 25 bucks to list something there, and uh, you just have to screen really well. 
Um, we get between 100 and 150 resumes when we uh, are put out of position. And right now, I I think off the top of my head, I believe that that uh, the last time that we hired somebody, it was either at 15 or 17 dollars an hour. So um, in in this economy, you do not have to be you know you don't have to set aside eighty thousand dollars to get yourself a technician, which is really good news. Um, so you know the, uh, the the question of um, you know how you get good people off of Craigslist is you have to make sure that you have a very well defined um, job spec and um, you have to make sure that um, you know the um, you you have a way to screen them. So, for example, when we put up a job posting, we say, all right, so you have to be Microsoft certified. So um, don't even send your resume in until you send us a note that says, you know, we want to ask a question. Why are you passionate about technology? Why are you passionate about customer service? Um, and um, send us um, your Microsoft transcript. And there's a place at Microsoft where if you are an MCP, you can log in and you put in your MCP ID and uh, you can request uh, a transcript. And they have all, uh, they actually have a system where you can, you know, send a code to somebody and then they can go look at your transcript and without having to log into your account. So basically, people go on a Microsoft site and they send us these links and we verify that, in fact, they have passed some Microsoft exam. Um, may not be the SBS exam, but there's something there. And um, once they do that, then um, we know that uh, they're Microsoft certified. And from there, we will, uh, um, you know, be able to um, schedule interviews or whatever. Um, so you have to have some kind of a filtering process because. Out of the 100 resumes, I can tell you there's a whole bunch of people that are um, on unemployment right now who uh, they literally uh, go online and they submit a resume and they check the box that says, yes, I looked for a job today, and they're done. And um, they, you know, they, they're, not, they're not actually interested in a $17 an hour job. They want a $40 an hour job, but they apply to your job simply because they have to tell the employment department that they look for a job today, which is cool. That's their deal, but it makes your job a little more difficult when you're trying to, um, you know, hire somebody. So you get those people. You get people that if it is remotely related to anything with IT, they submit a resume. So they have no experience with Windows. They have no experience with Server. They have no experience with Exchange or SPS. They do SQL. And so you get a resume for somebody who is a SQL programmer, but he thinks he can be an IT tech because he wants to install the program. Um, so you want to make sure that you um, you uh, weed those people out. And, um, you know, if, if their only certification is SQL, all right, you might look at their resume, but, man, uh, it's pretty tough. Um, so out of 100, let's say out of 100 resumes, you will be very lucky if you get five of them that you think are worth interviewing. Um, and when you interview, you need to uh, you need to plan on a couple of interviews. So, and I know Ken that you're you know one person shop, but uh, you might get somebody from the um, 
uh, Tech Wizards, uh, you know, the IT Pro user group to um, to help you out uh, to do the interview, to ask some questions. Um, the reason you need a couple of interviews is you want to see them in, a, in different settings. So one might be uh, at your office, one is at a restaurant or one's at a coffee shop or whatever. Um, and just see, you know, how they perform. Uh, we like to do uh, an interview with uh, Mike and then an interview with the techs and then an interview with everybody together. Basically, we take them to lunch. We don't tell them it's an interview, but it is. <laughs> um, so uh, there's that. Um, all righty. Other questions? Again, if you have a question, just go ahead and enter it into the Q&A section there, um, and uh, we will try to get to all of them. Uh, Peter has a question, um, and it is about um, – let me see here. One second. So the question is, um, are we moving to a purely consultative role, um, or is there actually going to be some, you know, recurring revenue? I mean, is recurring revenue uh, juxtaposed to the, the consultative role? You know, Microsoft says, oh, you don't have to actually make money on software. You can make money on, on consulting. Um, so, the, you know, part of it is uh, as we move to the cloud, will we be dealing with um, recurring revenue in the future? A lot of the recurring revenue that we've seen so far, you know, in, in the last five, six years has been based around um, – servers and desktops. So it's an interesting question because um, if recurring revenue is all about servers and desktops, um, but you're moving servers into the cloud, how do you get that recurring revenue? So my answer to you, this is your lucky day. Uh, my answer to you is that um, we will have lots of recurring revenue in the future. Um, many, many, many companies uh, need they still need their technology as much as they did before. The fact that uh, it's not based on a physical server sitting in the closet changes absolutely nothing. I mean, if you think about it, on the day you install a server, it you know you make a bunch of money, right? We sell a server, you know, whatever, seven thousand dollars server. We sell about seven thousand dollars in uh, in labor to get it all installed. Okay, good. So you've got a a little profit on the server, you got a lot of profit on the labor, you're good to go. The next day, it's all maintenance, right? And for the next three years, in some cases with a recession, four or five years, um, you know, that where that server exists physically is irrelevant. It's, it's just a machine. It's just, I mean, unless there's some issue with uh, the power or water leaking under the server or whatever, its actual location is kind of irrelevant. Um, and so if you took and said, well, you know, what are the core components? Break it down. Well, we've, we, we, one core component is storage. So where is storage? Where do you place it? How do you make money off of it? How do you maintain it? That question does not go away just because you have a cloud. So um, if you think about it, when you um, – uh, when you put in cloud services, you still need to maintain them. You still need to manage them. The client doesn't know what a cloud is or where it is, and if you disappeared, they would be in a panic. 
they would be much more in a panic than they were with a physical server. Because with a physical server, they could have put an ad in the newspaper and they can find somebody who will walk in and touch that server and figure out what the password is and break into it and begin doing tech support. Um, but in the cloud, your client's like, oh, my God, I don't, I don't know where my data is. I don't know what service it's on. I, they don't know the difference between Microsoft and Rackspace. You know, they don't know if you're using, uh, you know, Channel Cloud or, or what. They, they have no idea what, where their data is or how they manage it. Um, so they absolutely must have you. And you are going to use the model that, that everyone is using going forward. I, I mentioned yesterday on the Australian version of this show that, um, you know, when you look at, look at the, the phone, your telephone is the perfect model for the economy of the 21st century. Your phone is essentially free. You, may, you might pay 100 bucks or 200 bucks or something. But then you get a phone line. Your phone line is $40 a month. Woo-hoo, all right, that's excellent, great, super cheap. Oh, but you need a data plan. Your data plan is $60 a month. And then you need unlimited texting, and that's $5 a month. And you need voicemail, and that's $5 a month. And you need um, insurance on it, and that's $9 a month. And... Uh, you know, you got to get Angry Birds, whatever. You know, there's pretty soon you're paying fifty, sixty, seventy dollars, uh, and sometimes a hundred dollars a month for a phone that was supposed to be super cheap, right? I have three phone lines. There's three, three cell phones on my plan, and uh, the bill is about three hundred dollars a month. <laughs> you know, um, and and I will say that mine is more than one third of that. But, um, you know, everybody's going to have a data plan. Everybody's going to have this. Everybody's going to have that. Um, that's the way your clients are going to – they're already used to buying many services that way, and they're going to be used to buying more services that way. Your, your clients pay a monthly fee for the person who fixes the, the copy machine. They pay a monthly service fee to have the windows washed and the carpets cleaned and the garbage taken out in the middle of the night, right, uh, and so forth and so on. They're used to that model, and more and more, that's how they're going to buy stuff. Technology is the same way. So, you know, we used to buy servers, and we used to sit them in people's uh, closets. Um, now we sell cloud storage, and we sell hosted exchange, and we sell hosted spam filtering and hosted antivirus. And it's just stuff. And, and the client's always going to look to you. They're always going to look to the technician uh, to figure out how you get this done. And that means that it's recurring revenue. So um, that piece of it is not going to go away just because the server went away. Um, on the desktops, especially in the SMB space, I have to say, uh, I think that um, some physical device is going to exist on that desktop for a very, very long time. Thin clients sound really, really great. But a good thin client is not three or four hundred dollars. So no matter what you do, you get a good thin client where people are going to be very, very satisfied with what they have. That thin client is going to cost them seven or eight hundred dollars, um, which is about the same as what they're probably paying for a, a desktop PC. But uh, you know the the plan is that going forward, it, it won't they won't have to pay that seven hundred again in three years and three years and three years. Um, but in really small shops, it's hard to make that argument. It's really hard. You got five users, you got ten users. It's really hard to say, you know, 
buy this thing that doesn't actually do anything and, uh, you know, it costs the same and then you won't have to buy it again in three years. Um, it's just a, um, it's a tough one. Um, so, um, anyway, that's, that's just my opinion on that. I think that you have lots and lots of opportunity for, um, um, recurring revenue going forward, uh, with our cloud five pack that we sell, we have a combination of uh, storage and exchange. We got a little bit of SharePoint. We're throwing a website just because it costs us approximately nothing. Um, you know, antivirus spam filtering. We sell that package for two forty nine a month. But if you want tech support on the desktop, that's a managed service, and that's also two forty nine a month. So um, if somebody's got, and that's up to five users. So if somebody's got ten users, we're getting them two forty nine times two for the cloud services and 249 times two for the managed services. So without a server, they are still good for $1,000 a month, right? They're just $4 short of $1,000 a month. And um, that's month in, month out. And basically, it's what they need to run their business. And it's a very reasonable price. And, you know, when, when you look at your clients and, and what they've been paying, that, uh, you know, that's something that you can see that's the future going forward. So um, let's see here. What else? Um, again, anybody, if you have additional questions, I'll be happy to take them. Um, Tom says that uh, I have a client that is a residential real estate firm with 75% of agents that own their own laptop or computer. How do I sell managed services to them? How can I charge for a smartphone support? Okay. So one of the interesting things that we're kind of toying with is um, uh, the the idea of having a per-user model instead of a per-device model. Um, and that, because what happens is that we have a per-device model for desktops, and um, but everybody shows up with a cell phone, and we're like, oh, crap, you know. So for us, setting up a cell phone is an add-move change. So we're going to get an hour's worth of labor out of that. But after that, it's kind of really nothing ever happens. You know, I mean, they might change their cell phone carrier. That's an admin change. Um, but it's rare that anything breaks that they they can't get better service out of Verizon or Sprint or somebody other than us. You know, um, so um, anyway, so that's just worth thinking about. Um, in terms of how I make money off of like people who have no server, everybody you know, or like in a real estate office, the broker owns the server, but all of the individual agents bring in their own computers. Um, I would say I would make a deal for them. Again, kind of my model is that uh, five-pack for 249 that um, uh, if you say, hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into this place. We did the same thing with a, uh, uh, what do they call, uh, uh, a meeting room center where, uh, or business center, right, where uh, one of my clients bought a business center. So he's got all of these rooms where people can come in and use them whenever they want, um, and he doesn't want to deal with their tech support and all that crap. He provides them with an Internet connection and a phone, and he's done. Uh, so if they need additional support, we went in there and we said, look, uh, as long as we've got five or more clients, we will go ahead and let people add on to this um, at $50 a month. So you get, you know, all the maintenance 
and maintenance covers the operating system and software, right? It doesn't include ads, moves, changes. But you get maintenance of your systems for 50 bucks a month or $49 a month. So um, that's a model you might think about because then you can go into uh, real estate offices, you can go into business centers, and you say, okay, you know, as long as this place gets me five or more clients a month, then I'm able to do this. Um, but you got to pay the monthly fee. Um, if you just call me up and you don't have a contract, that's cool. It's 150 bucks an hour. So, um, you know, if you if you want me to manage your stuff, and you know, the good thing about that is for 50 bucks a month, you could be providing them with an antivirus and um, an exchange mailbox and um, spam filtering and throw in your your RMM tool, right, so that no matter where they are, because that real estate agent isn't going to spend most of their time at the office. If they're making money, they're going to spend, they're going to be working from home, uh, you know, they're going to be out at some uh, um, place that they're showing uh, and so forth. So you could remote into their machine from anywhere and help them out. Um, and your your costs on that for, you know, the exchange mailbox and the antivirus and spam filtering and so forth. So all that, you know, maybe 15 bucks a month maximum. So, um, and, you know, the deal with having lots and lots of clients on something like that is most of them don't have problems most of the time. So as long as the systems are well-maintained and you've got the patch management going, uh, they're not going to have a lot of problems. Uh, you will have to adopt some policies that say, hey, you know, you can't turn your laptop off every night because I can't get patches done if you do that, right? So pick a night, you know, Thursday night you're going to leave it plugged in and we're going we're gonna to do our stuff. So you're going to have to figure out the details of that. But um, um, anyway, that, that's what I would do in terms of trying to find recurring revenue with those and work with the uh, the owner of the place, the broker, and say, hey, you know, uh, I I need your endorsement. I need to be able to put these flyers on people's places. And um, the other thing that you might do is occasionally see if you can use that facility to do a training, and and then you get those people, you know, with you in front of the room training on uh, virus protection, training on social media and so forth, um, then uh, – you know, you become the expert in the front of the room, right? If they have any questions, where are they going to go? They're going to go see you. So even if they haven't signed up for service yet, they still see you as the expert, and you're the you're their first choice when they do need tech support. Um, and again, you might even give them a, a break that, hey, you know what? If you're in this broker's office, um, then you get the uh, you know the the good guy rate of $125 an hour or whatever it might be. <clears throat> um, Ken has a follow-up question about the Craigslist ad, and that is, do you list your company name and direct contact information on the Craigslist ad? So we do. Hold on one second. I'm going to take a drink here. Eight o'clock. I got to have my coffee. Um, so what we do is we created an inbox that's jobs at you know americastechsupport.com. So we, you know, when you put on Craigslist, it says, do you want to anonymize this or what do you want to do? We we have it go to jobs at americastechsupport.com, and that way uh, somebody checks that mailbox so we don't get flooded with a bunch of crap. And um, there's a little bit of spam, but I don't think there's a ton of it. Um, and, you know, you get all these recruiters sending your crap in. Um, but we don't we don't hide our company name, and we 
we also don't give like the phone number or anything like that. It's just that that jobs mailbox. Um, so anyway, that's that's what we do. So, alrighty then. Um, so, are there any other questions lingering out there? Uh, again, I wasn't able to get the chat going today, so I got to go figure that out. I got to see if I can make that happen. Um, or maybe that when you do a chat, it shows up on my question box. I don't know. But anyway, um, so uh, I hope that this was a worthwhile adventure. Uh, as always, I really appreciate your feedback, um, and that includes feedback on you know the registration process for this event and the tool that we're using and how the show went and everything else. Um, just email K-A-R-L-P, Carl P, at greatlittlebook.com. Uh, if you prefer a recorded podcast that you can download and, and listen anytime, those are available at cloudservicesroundtable.com. And uh, so with that, I will conclude this show for today. I really appreciate uh, everybody who dropped in here, and I would appreciate it if you would tell other people, and if you enjoyed it, you know, post something up on Facebook or Twitter and and uh, say that you love Free Day Friday and you're going to tune back in again uh, the next Free Day Friday. We're, we're going to try to – right now I'm thinking about the third Friday of the month, uh, so that would be April 20th. So uh, tune in April 20th, and I will have a link up for that very soon. I didn't want to have uh, competing links up there and confuse people. So um, later today I will uh, get that up, and I will get um, this podcast posted, I believe. Uh, on Cloud Services Roundtable. So that concludes Free Day Friday broadcast for March 16th. I hope that you all have a wonderful St. Patrick's Day weekend. Uh, remember, moderation is your friend. And uh, we will see you next month. <laughs>